0: E-Road provides fleets with advanced capabilities for remote reefer control, real-time compartment mismatch detection, product-specific temperature alerts, and a host of compliance management applications. It's time to revisit how your refrigerated goods are monitored. Welcome to Running on Ice, the coolest community in freight. I'm your host, Mary O'Connell, bringing you the latest tech updates, warehouse news, and everything happening in the cold chain world. Not only is there the coolest show in freight, but there's Running on Ice, the newsletter that could not be colder. You can subscribe to that on FreightWaves.com slash Running on Ice. Before we get into our guest interview, let's get into some headlines. Trade and economy officials from the Group of Seven, also known as G7, wealthy democracies strengthen their pledge last week to work together to ensure smooth supply chains for essentials like energy and food despite global uncertainties. The nation's promise to maintain a free and fair trading system based off the rule of law and enhancing economic resilience and economic security. Worries are growing among developed nations about maintaining a stable supply of computer chips as well as essential minerals like lithium, which are critical these days amid the demand for electric vehicles and green energy. Sprouts Farmer's Market is debuting more than 30 exclusive holiday products under its Sprouts brand line. The announcement comes as the grocer continues to ramp up their private label offerings and ready their shelves for the upcoming holiday season. Sprouts has been expanding its private label items across store categories in recent years. The company's store brand sales grew 12% during the financial quarter that ended July 2nd, reaching 20% of total sales. As consumers continue to grapple with inflation ahead of the holiday season, grocers are working to lessen the load with discounted items. Hapag Lloyd, a leading global shipping company, marks a significant movement in creating the world's largest smart container fleet by installing its 700,000th tracking device. This digitalization of the fleets will help track containers, transmit data on a timely basis, and monitor any sudden container activities, making the supply chain more accessible and transparent tracking device designed with the latest energy harvesting technology will ensure a longer lifetime and high frequency data transmission. The company plans to install tracking devices on its fleet of 1.6 million dry and reefer containers by the beginning of 2024. Today we are joined by Prateek Jagad, Chief Project Officer at NuViz. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you very much Mary.
0: Uh, I am pretty excited about today um, it's you guys aren't really newvis isn't a stranger to running on ice um, but I'm excited that you're on here today um, kind of breaking down some of the uh, the behind the scenes things that really kind of help keep your supply chain running but before we get too far into that let's get some background on you and kind of how you got started at newvis.
1: Yeah so I've been uh, leading the product team here at newvis for the last eight years uh, newvis as some of you, may not be aware on the show is a last mile delivery management and orchestration SaaS platform Uh, we focus on industry verticals of pharma food 3pls and i come with about 20 years of experience in logistics and transportation started my career with manhattan associates implementing wms and tms systems and our founders guru and ananta they also worked with me at manhattan associates that's how we connected and then you know, we I, 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 I went to a few other um, supply chain companies before, uh, you know, I decided to come on board and help them uh, with um, this uh, new and revolutionary uh, platform that uh, we were creating, uh, and it's been a great journey so far.
0: I mean, you guys have really kind of set up a new kind of standard, if you will, for that kind of final mile piece, and some of the trickiest areas that you can do final mile like you know pharma food and everything like that like those are the things that you know it does matter if a a box gets jostled or if something doesn't stay within its proper temperature Um, no one really cares if a pair of jeans shows up you know after being 110 degrees it's still a pair of jeans it'll be fine uh, but kind of getting into the the meat of everything today, how do vehicle and routing systems make a difference in the world of cold storage and food delivery during that final mile process? What are some of those practical advantages that a business could implement within the industry?
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, in case of food delivery, right, it's uh, especially important, especially when it's temperature sensitive, that the deliveries, deliveries are done on time. Right, Time is critical. Delay deliveries can lead to spoilage in transit. It can also lead to unavailability of labor at the customer location, right? To handle the stuff if your delivery arrives late, right? Another aspect of food delivery is lost sales. If I if I'm not able to deliver on time, uh, if the customers are relying on timely fresh deliveries, then you lose sales, right? So time becomes uh, a critical aspect over there. Another another aspect that comes into play is the labor costs, right? So uh, when food deliveries are delayed, now what happens is the labor that was planned in anticipation of those deliveries is not utilized. And then you have to pull some overtime labor when and whenever it arrives to handle it, right? Because if you don't handle it, it will spoil. So um, for, for VRS solutions, it is, uh, you know, um, it can help with optimizing your delivery plans to meet those promised time windows, not just arriving late, but also making sure it doesn't arrive too early so the time critical component uh, is where uh, vrs solutions can uh can really uh help uh in you know uh, food deliveries you know temperature sensitive deliveries in terms of practical advantages for businesses right there are two main areas of advantage you know that uh vrs solutions can provide one is on the daily planning and execution side you know uh, here vrs solutions can be used to Effectively plan your routes to minimize delivery miles while maximizing on time deliveries and if you combine that with app-based execution or you know uh, tracking these systems that can monitor the real-time progress of vehicles then you can uh, take corrective actions you know as the execution is going through, let's say for example there was a roadblock or something VRS solutions can dynamically figure out okay can 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 I do the second delivery first. Right, and then come back and do the first delivery, still maintaining the time windows. Right, so it has impact at that everyday execution planning level. The second aspect uh, where VRSs can give advantage to uh, food distribution is in long term planning. You know, uh, you know, often a lot of food distributors deliver to the same locations on a schedule. Right, um, you know, um, the volumes may vary right? Sometimes you are delivering uh, 200 pounds to a store. Sometimes you're delivering only 50 pounds. The volumes may vary week after week, but the routes are pretty much the same. Now what happens over time is as, as the businesses shift, these routes don't make sense anymore, right? The promised delivery windows uh, that you had um, given to them one year back don't make sense anymore because the volumes have gone up a lot or the volumes have come down a lot. So what VRS solutions have is this notion of territory planning uh, or sometimes it is also called a strategic planning where you can analyze your historical data and figure out you know, what routes and what promised time windows make the most sense for my business. And also as your salespeople try to sell to more locations, how to onboard these locations and how to promise them the right time windows so that you can maximize your customer satisfaction at the same time you know also keep your costs under control.
0: So if I'm a shipper and I'm sitting there you know looking and I have you know kind of my route optimization and you know I have a system that works but I start noticing that there are some issues how do I know that it's time to maybe re redo that route optimization and go back and say okay we've added a couple other facilities in our network we've done all this how do I know if it's time to go back and kind of rebuild everything more or less um, because, you know, certain facilities have demand at certain times of the year and then others, you know, it slows down, but kind of what are those hallmark signs of, maybe I need to start, you know, looking back at what I've created and make some major adjustments?
1: Yeah, so uh, this is where, you know, um, uh, when the VRS system is connected to an execution system, is when this can be done really well. So, the execution systems have an analytics component, right, which allows you to track your daily cost per mile, your daily on-time deliveries. And as you see a trend graph of what's happening over there, you will realize that, you know, or shippers would realize that their delivery costs are either shooting up or their on-time deliveries are coming down. That's generally the trigger point to go back and look at, hey, do I need to run my long-term planning again uh, to uh, to make sure that i can realign uh, recalibrate right so having an analytics component to your execution system is really uh, the the canary in the coal mine that is going to tell you that here there is something going on over here that i need to look back and it may not always mean that i need to look at replanning everything it may also um, you know you may also it may also reveal that our delivery partner that you may have is just not doing a great job right so but the analytics uh, component of an execution solution right will 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 start the investigation process will give you some clues that there is something over here that i i might need to relook at so that's typically how you know um, you know it's a data driven world now and if the more data points you are able to Collect and the more you're able to see it from a broader perspective in an analytics framework is how you can uh, can can know when to uh, you know start start looking at recalibrating your deliveries.
0: It's kind of that little like the flag that waves a little bit and is like, hey, you should look at something over here. And I like that you said it doesn't necessarily always mean that you have to you know start back from zero. It just means that, you know, you need to do a little bit of digging here. It could be something as simple as, you know, swash swapping your provider or, you know, maybe just renegotiating some rates or, you know, rebuilding your entire delivery structure.
1: Right, right. Most often than not, what happens is it's always incremental, right? Where where there's few routes that you might have re- might need to recalibrate. It's very rarely that somebody would recalibrate their whole whole system. Because there's also one aspect where, you know, some customers are used to getting deliveries from some drivers and they like that. So so even if it's costing you a little more, you know, shippers might not change those around.
0: That's some of those where, especially if you have a persnickety or like a very particular receiver or shipper, where it might cost you a little bit more, but does it though, because then you don't have to listen to that receiver, or that shipper complain over and over again about drivers or whatever. It's it's worth a couple extra dollars to just not have to deal with that headache. And I have been in that position before of going, well, I'm sorry, it was the only person that I had available. So it was that or don't get your product. And then you're there for three hours listening to somebody complain.
1: Yeah. And good planning systems actually allow you to do that. You know, they allow you to set what, what you call as strict constraints for certain, certain customers and, and, uh, and preferred constraints for certain customers. So you know that these customers, I'm just going to stick with Monday delivery from, from 12 p.m. to 2 p.m. and it is strict. And good VRS systems have those kind of levers where you can, you can you know, make hard constraints and soft constraints to do that planning.
0: I like that. They, uh, I like love levers um, as the just constraints um, versus just, you know, how picky are you and the, the difficult problem kids. Right, right. So when it comes to delivering perishable goods, because um, something that we've always talked about on the show is, you know, more often than not with perishable goods, it's typically for an experience or a celebration. You should have food or cake or something like that. Um, or if you have medical supplies, it's typically for someone's health. Um, wh- how does um, how do these temperature control technologies and routing system work to kind of keep fresh food safe and you know available for human consumption uh, once it arrives?
1: Right. So uh, you know this is going back to what I mentioned earlier is like a VRS system really has to take into account, the the permissible time window, right? When, when something can be delivered. And what gives you the information about the permissible time window are those um, temperature control systems that are monitoring the condition of the product, you know, as it is transiting, right? So what's important is both the VRS and these temperature control systems are in sync, right? Because uh, the temperature control system doesn't know Anything about where the where the driver is going, right? What route is he going to take? And uh, the routing system doesn't know how much time I have, right? Unless the temperature control uh, and monitoring system can tell you that. So what typically happens is in a VRS system, you have certain thresholds, right? Which 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 uh, like the ETA, right? Which tells you okay, I'm 30 minutes away from my delivery, or I'm delayed by 15 minutes it has to check with the temperature monitoring system. Do I actually have that much time, right? So it's it's that that synchronicity between these two systems is really what makes it possible to deliver, you know, perishable goods uh, on time. And and I think what typically uh, VRS systems do is it build in a buffer, right? Because you never know really on the day, you know, whether something is going to um, go right or not as per plan. So... What typically uh, they do is they always, uh, you know, build routes with less than 100% fill, right? So that if I need to, you know, move a vehicle from one place to the other to service something quickly, I can do that. So, um, so that, that flexibility uh, built into the VRS system along with, you know, setting thresholds, right? Um, um, you know, to change your plans dynamically is really how these systems can help with, you know, um, ensuring that perishable goods uh, in the last last leg of the journey are, are are executed correctly.
0: So something that has always kind of been, um, it's, it's fascinating, but also kind of terrifying, um, the amount of food waste and waste that comes just from the amount of, you know, supply chain errors, whether it's, you know, not being maintained at a certain temperature or, um, you know, a a can of something exploded and now you have a bunch of, you know, dirty or damaged things, but there's just a bunch of waste um, that happens throughout the supply chain. So kind of what are some of the real life examples that you've found um, of how, you know, these vehicle routing systems achieve kind of those that cost reduction and that waste reduction within the cold storage side of things.
1: Right. So I'll give an example of a customer that Nubis works with national DCP. Uh, they are the co-op that delivery co-op that delivers to all the Dunkin' Donuts co- stores throughout the country right so um uh, so what we do is uh, the deliveries are tracked in real time you know and the stores receive ETAs you know up to within a 13 minute window of uh, when when the driver will show up over there and that's based on real time tracking and what the stores do is they plan their labor Based on that ETA, so that they can make sure that there's something, somebody in the back room to unload the the frozen, the semi frozen stuff, right? Uh, when 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 the when the driver arrives, and they also know in this alert how much they're going to get. Depending on that, they can decide whether I just need one person to do the the put away and storage, or whether I need to have uh, multiple people so that transition right when 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 the stuff is taking taken out of the truck and it sits uh in the back room before it makes it to the storage is really your point at which which spoilage can happen right uh, so 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 having that information on time or let's say if there's a delay that having that information to make sure that okay you know what i'm not going to this driver is going to be 15 minutes late let me not move my backroom people to the front to start saying let them wait over there so that the stuff can come and i don't have you know um uh, food um uh, waiting in the back room and having a potential of spoilage so uh so that is one one big area you know uh, where you can reduce that uh that wait time um uh, or you can you know orchestrate the right time when the driver comes and when the somebody's available to unload that where where you can minimize the chances of spoilage and, and the consequent waste that happened.
0: I feel like that has to be game-changing, especially for like staffing levels, because if you know that that driver's going to come, I mean, hopefully they're not coming during the morning rush at like 6 a.m., but if you know that they're going to come at like noon, well, then you know that maybe I have one of those 6 a.m.ers a little later to help unload that truck because that way, you know, it's not all on that day shift or that middle shift, the lunchtime rush. It's not all on them to try and keep servicing all the customers and trying put putting all the goods away before they potentially spoil. I feel like that has to be absolutely crucial and helpful for staffing pr- 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 problems as well.
1: Right, right. And and also the promised windows that you give to the store, right? Like if you know that it's a uh it's a suburban store right you know where people are commuting from from their homes to the uh, to to their offices then they're going to have morning traffic but if it's a downtown store you're probably going to have traffic more in the middle of the day so depending on the store locations using your strategic planning you can plan your routes right uh, to to deliver within specific uh, time windows based on the Based on the consumption pattern at those stores, and then on the execution side, you can make sure that it's tracked in real time, so that you know you don't waste um, waste food. So it's 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 sort of like a you know uh, it's a it's a dance, right? You know, it's between long-term planning and short-term execution.
0: A dance, a crystal ball. You know, it's the same thing. You just kind of have that crystal ball that you look into, and you're like, "All my trucks are going to be here at this time." and it's great and everyone's going to be here and everyone's going to be happy and we're going to have almost no spoilage which is the best part of all um so kind of when it comes to these when it comes to updating your vehicle routing systems and you know kind of knowing what's going on because you know new regulations come out all the time how do you kind of deal with balance like the new regulation changes and then also you know, implementing them and trying not to throw off everything that you've built in your um, within that routing system. How do you kind of balance those new regulations versus what um, you already have existing?
1: Yeah, see, a lot of the new regulations really are about you know um, traceability, right? Knowing when, where, who, and in what condition the food was delivered, right? Really, that I mean, if you think about it, that's that's what the regulations are trying to protect. They're trying to protect the end consumer and by ensuring that the food is, uh, uh, you know, whatever is delivered is is safe. So when it comes to vehicle routing systems, I think um, at least on the oh, in at vis what we have done is we have made sure that you know that we have built our systems that 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 has that down to the lowest level of delivery unit. What 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 time it was picked up what time it was um, it was set into transit what time it was delivered who it was delivered to right and what condition it was delivered if you make sure that in your system you are tracking down to that smallest handling unit right then any kind of regulation that comes in you have the data right to put rules around it right essentially it is rules around you know, that movement that all regulations are trying to uh, enforce, right? So when you're choosing a system, you have to look at what is the lowest level at which uh, that tracking is happening in that system, because that will determine that system's capability to respond to new regulations.
0: I kind of like that. It's like you can follow your tomatoes the whole way that they go, or you can follow anything. Uh you'll just know exactly where they picked up and where they ended it's kind of it's kind of cool, but also pretty fascinating. okay, so we are running out of time, but there is a question that everyone that comes on the show has to answer, and are you ready for it? it's it might be the hardest question you get all day. Sure Is cereal considered a soup?
1: Is cereal considered a soup? uh Eat a soup if it is warm enough.
0: Okay, so like maybe like a I don't are there hot cereals, like maybe oatmeal? No, that's like a porridge.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'll tell you. I mean, uh, some. I'm not a big fan of cold milk. So what I used to do, I would warm up the milk a little bit before adding to my cereal. So uh, to me, it's kind of semi soup. That's interesting. I th- does it taste? Does it make? Does it affect the taste of cereal?
0: Cereal, the warm milk. I've never thought of doing that.
1: Uh, it uh, it actually makes it a little mushy, uh, depending on what you're putting in it. Um, so it does become like porridge, somewhat. I kind of like that though.
0: I like. I might have to try some warm milk and let you know how I, my cereal lunch. You know how I like it. Um, but if anyone wants to, uh, you know, get your hot tips on what the milk temperature should be, or if they have any questions about these VRS systems where can they find you outside the
1: show? Yeah, so they can reach me at my email, pjagard at com, or they can go to the newiz website uh Info at they can they can reach out to us over there.
0: Awesome, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you very m- much, Mary. It was a pleasure being on the on the show. Thank you.
0: You can catch other episodes of Running on Ice right here on FreightWaves or anywhere else you get your podcasts like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Need more Running on Ice news? No sweat. Subscribe to the newsletter on FreightWaves.com slash Running on Ice. See you on the internet.